Greetings from 55 in Maine, the Disney podcast. In honor of Father's Day this week, Mark and I rank our top five dads from Disney films. We discuss the many great dads within Disney and the importance of father figures in storytelling. So happy Father's Day from 55 in Maine, where all roads lead to Disney. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to 55 in Maine, a Disney podcast. My name is Spencer, and with me on the phone is... Mark. Uh, And we, uh, at 55 in Maine, we just talk about our love of Disney and Disneyland. Uh, And today's episode, we've got a fun topic in honor of Father's Day uh, this week. And Mark, what are we talking about today? We're talking about the best dads in Disney movies. All right. And so, listeners, if, if, you're, uh, if you've listened to our podcast before, we did an episode a month ago on our favorite Disney moms uh, in honor of Mother's Day. So this is kind of a, a sequel to that, if you will. And uh, I'm looking forward to it because I don't know about you, Mark, but there were a lot of choices for this. Yeah, yes. As I was, as I think we're gonna have very different uh, lists. I think. Um, <laughs> so I'm really curious because I'm. Uh, I, I went. I, I went through a list of all Disney movies and was trying to pull out the different dads, and there was a good number of, of these father uh, characters. Uh, so was it was it difficult for you to kind of pick out your top five? No, I had more than I was expecting. Do you get the vibe that? There's more dead Disney moms or more dead Disney dads in the canon? That's a good question because, you know, I was, I was thinking about kind of just storytelling in general, right? And uh-huh. there seems to be in storytelling, we've talked about, you know, how a lot of heroic co- characters, you know, your, your protagonist, they have to overcome tragedy and a lot of times you know, storytellers will use the concept of, of dead parents, right? Um, but I think, and I might be wrong about this, I don't know, but I just get the impression that uh, a lot of times it, it, there are more dads that are dead than, than moms. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I was trying to think the same thing. I could, I could definitely see that, and it's, it's just kind of interesting to think how so many, we've talked about it before, but how so many... Disney protagonists have dead parents. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy how many there are when you think about it. Well, I think it goes beyond Disney. Um, uh-huh. You know, because we've talked about, I mean, you look at, you know, Luke Skywalker with Star Wars, Harry Potter, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah. I think there's something inherent in storytelling, and, and maybe this is because so many uh, stories in film and literature and whatnot they have male protagonists that I just have this feeling that a lot of stories are about fathers and sons. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we like, we teach, we teach, uh, uh, the Odyssey, right? Yeah. And that story is very much about, you know, Odysseus trying to get back to his family and, and seeing his son who he's never seen before. And, um, there's just, I don't know, there's something inherent in, in storytelling uh, about that. So uh, am I wrong about that? I don't know. There's just this feeling I get, especially going through, um, going through the list. There's kind of this special quality to that relationship in stories. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's almost like with the, the Disney moms, I kind of 
all the ones I could think of, I kind of put on there because there really weren't that many. But then when I got to the dads, there were a lot of Disney dads who I thought of them and they just kind of seemed like goofy and kind of like the foil or not a really dynamic character. And so sometimes the dads can also be portrayed as, you know, like we said, like kind of these silly yeah. characters. Dude, did you have trouble? I mean, did you have some that you thought, no way? Or did they, do you think they all could have been on the list? Are there some dads you're like, well, that's definitely a bad one, you know? Well, there, it was it was something when, when I was going through all the different characters was trying to figure out, like, again, it, it goes to the, the distinction between is this one of my favorite characters or is this one of the best characters? You know, I was trying to kind of figure through that. Um, but also, so many of these characters are very static where, you know, they don't change. Um, and then so many of them have a character arc to them. Uh, and you see them change by the end. So uh, take, for example, this character is not on my list, and I'm, I'm not sure if it's on your list, but King Triton from uh-huh. The Little Mermaid, right? Yeah. Could he be in the conversation for, like, best Disney dad? I, I don't know, or, or your favorite Disney dad, because he's such a jerk for, like, <laughs> almost the whole movie, but it's coming from a place of love and protection. Uh, yeah. And then by the end of the story, by the end of the movie, he has changed and gone through a character arc and he lets go of Ariel and he transforms her back into a human being so she can be with her. So it, there were some, I think, complicated things there that I was trying to work through and some kind of complex issues with that and trying to determine, okay, like what the value of this character who changes and... Uh, or, like, does this person deserve to be on the list because they're such a great dad? Like, the whole movie, you know? Uh, it was That was kind of hard for me to kind of figure out. So I, I, I kind of have, a, I think, a mix on my list a little bit of kind of characters who were kind of steadfastly good dads the whole movie and then ones that go on character arcs. So I don't know. What about you? Yeah, that's really interesting. I never thought of that. And then I was just thinking how with fathers they have different relationships with their daughters and with their sons mm-hmm. and there are so many disney princesses and they're going to maybe have a loving relationship like jasmine and her father or a contentious relationship with their father like ariel and her dad and so it's kind of like dads have these depending on if the main hero is a girl or a boy the dad's going to be seen a different way yes. as well yes so before we like get into our our rankings and everything I wanted to ask you a question, too, because, you know, we couldn't ask or answer this question on our on our episode about Disney moms. But um, do do you as a viewer come to these type of movies and these type of characters differently because you are a dad? Uh, Is that something that you take into account uh, when you're watching uh, these films or these characters? Do you see things differently, you know, because you actually have kids of your own? 100%. And the first thing that came to mind was Inside Out, how the dad from Inside Out is not on my list. He's not like the most dynamic character. But because I am a dad and I have a daughter, that movie hit me way harder than I think it would have hit me if I watched it when I was 14, 15 years old. And so for sure, having looking, being on the other side of it now, being the dad, and I look at King Triton, 
And I'm like, I, I feel you, man. Like, I would probably do very similar things that you did if my <laughs> daughter wanted to go off and do those things, you know? So it's like you kind of identify with, with these dads when you for sure would not have if you were much younger. Yeah, I totally, yeah, I totally get that. And, and I mean, I only have, you know, my, my daughter and she's still pretty young. So uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely anticipating those type of, uh, of, of feelings as I, as I continue to watch these movies with her. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, should we get into these characters? Let's do it, yeah. All right, man. Do you have any honorable mentions to start with? I got a couple. I'll just rattle through them real quick. My wife told me about this one, and it's from Mulan. Okay. Dad from Mulan. And he's not the most... He's not in it a ton because it's mostly her and her story going off and becoming a soldier and whatnot. But at the end, he has like this line that he says to his daughter about how like I was I forgot what the line is, but it's just something on lines of having you as my daughter is like the greatest honor I could ever have. You know? mm-hmm. And when you think about it, it kind of makes you emotional. So he may he's not in it a ton, but just that end part, that thing he says to his how he says, you know, he loves her for being her, not because she pretended to be a man and what she did because of that. He loves her because of who she is. And as a dad with two daughters, I really appreciate that sentiment. Well, and that's and that's a unique that's a unique character perspective, too, because really that whole movie is Mulan essentially protecting her dad, you know, because because yeah, he's, yeah. he's supposed to go off to war. because right, There's yes. no sons, but she takes it upon herself. Uh, to essentially, you know, protect her dad. So that's a that's a cool pick. Yeah, and then I threw Geppetto on there, um, just because he just has so much love for his son, and he's kind of a weird character when you think about him. <laughs> really, kind of just weird vibe from him. But overall, he loves his son so much. I thought throw that on there, and then the other one I threw on there was Scrooge McDuck. Okay. Yeah, even though he's not... Do we ever know who their real dad is? Because it's Uncle Donald. Yeah. And then I don't Uncle know. Scrooge. Is he Uncle... Wait. Does that mean Scrooge and Donald are brothers? I, I don't know. I don't know the uh, the mythology of like <laughs> DuckTales yeah. enough to know that. <laughs> Me neither. But he is the type of father figure to those boys who kind of... He, embraces them he doesn't tell them so you stay home i'm gonna go on these adventures he welcomes these boys with him on those adventures and i always um have a lot of fondness for uncle scrooge so i put scrooge mcduck as my last honorable mention cool 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 all right i've got a few as well Uh, um so uh the first is uh pongo from 101 dalmatians okay i I, perdita was on on my disney moms list so i wanted to mention pongo as well um bagheera and baloo from the jungle book who are father figures to mowgli uh and uh, they kind of are the kind of perfect balance uh if you will like bagheera's always the responsible one he's trying to you know convince uh mowgli to go back to uh, to the village, and then you've got his opposite in Baloo, who's kind of the uh, almost like the fun uncle kind of character. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of this yin yang uh, kind of push pull to uh, uh, to Mowgli, uh, who's kind of caught in the middle between the two of them. But they they kind of act as father figures in the movie, so I thought that was kind of unique. Um, from the live action movie, Christopher Robin, 
Um, oh, okay. I, I, I really like Ewan McGregor's character of Christopher Robin. And, and again, the character arc that he goes through because he's not the greatest dad in the world at the beginning That's of the movie. Uh, but by the yeah. end, you know, he you know, quits his job and you know, takes care of his family. So um, I, I like that as well. And then uh, I wanted to include, because I've taken my cue from you a little bit, because you, you surprise me every once in a while, because you, you'll throw in some Marvel characters or some Star Wars characters yeah, to right. these lists. And so I wanted to mention from Marvel the relationship between Howard and Tony Stark. Um, Ooh, interesting. Is, Isn't that a bad relationship? Though? Well, it's, it's a, I don't know, it's not a bad relationship. It's, it's a very complex relationship. That yeah. for sure, uh, but it's so well built through all of all of the movies because Tony at the beginning of the franchise is so kind of disconnected from his dad, and then in Iron Man two, um, he discovers that like a lot of the scientific discoveries that his dad was doing um, was like he he's, he says for Tony like he says Tony you're gonna you're gonna be even better than I am and, and that sort of thing. Um, and then in Civil War, when you find out the truth of actually what happened to Tony's parents. Um, and then obviously it all kind of culminates in Endgame, where we actually f- see Tony as a dad, you know, with his daughter and right. sacrifices himself. And then in the time heist, he actually gets to meet his dad uh, again. Uh, and so I just love how kind of uh, complicated and complex and just, I think they did a really good job of kind of building that relationship through the entire franchise, and and, and yeah. it's a very real um, relationship, uh, I think. So I had to I had to mention that. And then my other honorable mention, I'm not going to mention it now, but okay. there is a character that I think is your number one. <laughs> that I wow. I I, I um, left it off the list on purpose because I think I, I wanted to guess. I think it's. I think he's your number one. Um, okay. So uh, I'm I'm not going to mention it now, but uh, uh, <laughs> looking at my number one, I don't know if you're going to guess it. <laughs> okay. Right. All right. All right. Well, yeah, I uh, re- regardless if he's number one, I guarantee you he's on your list. So, uh, okay. but I think okay. I think he's number one. So, but I purposely left him off. So. Okay. Um, all right. All right. So cool. I'm excited. I'm very excited to find <laughs> out. <laughs> all right. So you want to start with your number five? Sure. All right. My number five is from Finding Nemo, and it's Marlin. Okay, that was my guess. Oh, oh man, I thought he'd be number. Yeah, I thought he'd be number one. <laughs> number five. Uh, he is a little bit too overprotective. Okay. At the beginning, and he he has, but you kind of once you see the beginning of that movie and how heartbreaking. It is, and the fact that there's just still one little Nemo left, you know, he has to do everything he can to to protect him. So it's it's definitely called Finding Nemo, but it's more about his journey. You're right. Now that I'm talking about it, he should be way higher <laughs> on my list. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, he's someone who, throughout his experiences, he doesn't really want to learn, but he's forced to learn out of necessity and the fact you see where he is at the end compared to where he was at the beginning i love that evolution of the character so what were you going to say about him for your honorable mention well it's interesting because like a a couple of my characters that are on my list 
are characters that go like above and beyond to help their you know child. You know, they go on this this grand journey to find them, as in like Marlin, um, and and I, I think that's what stands out most about Marlin is that yes, he is kind of neurotic and overprotective and that sort of thing, um, but the lengths that he is willing to go to get Nemo to find Nemo, um, I think I think deserve he deserves to be on the list. You know, uh, and so that was kind of my take. And, and there's a couple characters on my list that are kind of like that uh, as well. So um, just the, the whole concept of being, uh, being willing to do anything for your child, I think stands out for Marlon. Yeah, and it has a good level of conflict. I kind of thought in Brave, the mother-daughter fighting is almost a little bit too much for me. It kind of went too far, I guess. But with Marlon and Nemo, I see... It totally makes sense. The things they would fight about and argue about and how his son feeling his dad doesn't believe in him, but him understanding why, it, even though they're not humans. <laughs> I, I find their relationship more connected and more grounded than the human relationship in some of the other Disney movies. Interesting. Well, that's, yeah. a, that's, that's a great pick. Like I said, I, because I, you love that movie so much, I, I was <laughs> right. anticipating it being a lot out. higher. Uh, but no, that's that's a good pick. I, I, I left him off the list because I knew he would be on yours. So I, that, that allowed me to have some more room for some other characters. So. Perfect. So cool. So uh, Marlon, number five for Mark. Yes. My number five, um, I wanted to include a live action character on this list. All right. Um, good. Because so much of our, you, you know, usually when we do a list like this, it's so focused on animated. So um trying to figure out the i don't know if he's this is the best I, you have no idea who this character like this is going to be a surprise <laughs> i think all right um but uh um i, I wanted to get a, a live action character because my my top four are animated characters but um my number five is kevin flynn from tron legacy you're right no played idea. played by played by jeff bridges oh all right <laughs> Um, so, uh, he's, he's one of the main characters from the original Tron, but the whole concept of Tron legacy is that, you know, he gets, um, caught in the grid, he gets stuck in the digital world. And so he has this great relationship with his son, Sam, at the beginning of the movie. Um, and, uh, he gets stuck, uh, in the grid. And so Sam has to grow up without his dad and everything. And so when Sam gets kind of sucked into the digital world, um, he meets his dad again. Um, and I love how Jeff Bridges <laughs> plays him because he gets kind of lost in the grid, like in the late 80s. So all of his vernacular and vocabulary is stuck in the late 80s. So he nice. says like rad and cool and all this stuff <laughs> throughout the movie. Um, but, uh, throughout the kind of remainder of the film, once they kind of reunite together, um, they kind of patch together their relationship again. They have some great kind of heart to heart moments, um, about, you know, each other and what it was like to kind of be without each other. Um, and in the end, uh, Kevin Flynn, Jeff Bridges, he, um, sacrifices himself essentially to save his son. And, uh, when, the the bad character the villain clue says why are you doing this um kevin flynn just says he's my son i he's i gotta i gotta help him i gotta save him 
Uh, and there's a great kind of flash of like montage where he sees these memories of his son and stuff like that. So um, kind of a, a different pick. Uh, but like I said, I wanted yeah. to I wanted to include a live action character that was maybe a little bit different, uh, and I I like Tron Legacy probably more than other people do. It 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 was a hit, but it wasn't like this huge hit phenomenon thing, um, and it's probably one that a lot of people you know haven't seen or they've only seen it the one time that they saw it you know ten years ago or whatever. Um, but yeah. I, I enjoy the movie and and uh, Jeff Bridges like. Kevin Flynn in the movie kind of becomes this like new age kind of spiritual type of characters. He like, he, he says, you know, I'm going to close my eyes and talk to the sky kind of thing. Like he's got, he's very philosophical, which I, which I like, yeah. uh, cause he's had all this time to kind of contemplate his life and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, so I enjoy that movie and, and I, I like that relationship that is between he and his son. So Kevin Flynn from Tron Legacy. Okay, how much do you think of that was just what a great actor? Um, oh, yeah. Je- oh, Jeff Bridges. Is Jeff Bridges as oh, yeah. opposed to, like, you know, yeah. No, it's it's all Jeff Bridges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a really good actor. And he's good in the movie. I mean, like I said, yeah. uh, there's there's people who I think criticize that movie. And, and one of the criticisms of it is they used very, very early um, digital, like, de-aging technology. Oh, they did. Uh, wow, okay. And so Jeff Bridges plays dual characters. He plays Clue, the villain, but as de-aged, he plays like the digital version of himself. Um, oh wow! Okay. Uh, so yeah, that, that movie I think has kind of, kind of gone forgotten, but I think it's kind of underrated. So um, yeah, uh, Jeff Bridges oh. is—he's just a good actor. So. That's yeah, he's the best. That's a great pick. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. So you're number four. Good. Am I number four? Not necessarily a, a legitimate father. That's kind of a theme I think I'm seeing in my list is they don't have to be fathers. They can be father figures from Sword in the Stone. Merlin Oh, from Sword wow. Stone okay. Is, is my pick. Mainly because you see how they establish firmly in the movie how much everyone hates Wart. Mm-hmm. How his supposed caretakers hate him. His supposed brother hates him. Everyone looks down on him, thinks he can't do anything. And then here comes this wizard who only sees the potential in him. And maybe I'm looking at it not so much as like a father thinking about my kids, but maybe me thinking back to when I was a kid, thinking how great that would be to have someone in your life who just sees all this good in you that you can't even see in yourself. And he tries to teach him life lessons He's also pretty funny where, you know, I've had many blow-ups with my kids. I kind of thought I was a mild-mannered person. And then I had little kids, and I discovered I'm not that way. <laughs> and Merlin has a couple of blowouts where he freaks out and gets angry and quits. And that's very relatable to me as a dad. I felt that way many times. So I love his hope for Wart and his enthusiasm for him. And I think he's a believable character, even though he's so magical at the same time and i love that movie we haven't shown a lot of love to that movie in our list for whatever reason so i just wanted to put it out there merlin my number four that's a i i like that pick i know you you like that movie a, a lot that's one i don't revisit as often but um yeah. it's one I'd, I'd like to but um that's a that's a really good really good pick uh my number four is very similar to that 
where okay. it's uh, he is not a traditional father he's a father figure i think that's kind of what merlin is right you know mm-hmm. that that mentor character who's gonna you know help a child you know and that's i mean that's what fathers are, are supposed to do so um but my number four is uh mr frederickson from up got it he's on my list okay all right all right yeah i'll, I'll, I'll talk briefly yeah, talk about him. Yeah. Uh, yeah he's he's um he's such a grouch at the beginning uh, of the movie, and, and obviously you you understand why he is. He misses his wife, uh, and he's you know life has kind of passed him by, um, and it's through his relationship with Russell uh, that kind of breaks him down and, and no longer makes him a curmudgeon and, and softens him up, and uh, you know it's it's kind of the same thing I was talking about with Marlon. It's a little somewhat different, but. The lengths that he is willing to go uh, to, you know, eventually help, you know, Russell because his journey was not about Russell at first, right? It was about this, like almost, uh, almost like selfish concept of no, I'm gonna go to Paradise Falls and just live on my own, and then Russell ends up being there, and he's got to make the decision of oh, am I gonna help him or not? And when he makes that decision to go after Russell and help him. Um, I just, I just love that. And, and I, I love at the end when Russell's getting pinned, he's getting his badges, you know, um, Mr. Fredrickson is there, you know, helping yeah. him and, and, you know, they're sitting at the end of, at the end of the movie, they're sitting on the curb, look, you know, you know, eating like ice cream and spotting, you know, the colors of the cars or whatever. And, um, it's just this really, um, touching, um, relationship between the the two of them and and it's really the message of the movie i mean that's what like ellie's little photo book is all about right that you've had one adventure now go have another one you know uh and so i just i think he's a great character i think russell is a a really really great character fun and very (laughs) comical character um and it's it's about the two of them you know, coming together and kind of finding each other that I, I really like. So that's Mr. Fredrickson from Up, and we'll talk about him later as well. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right, ready for my number three? That's right. Okay, my number three is an actual real dad. Okay. Is the true dad of Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Is he on your list? He's not. He was almost on my list. I was contemplating him, but... But uh, I'm glad he's on yours. <laughs> Do you know his name? Maurice. Crazy old Maurice, <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the thing I love about him is he never once questions his daughter. The whole beginning of the movie is her singing the song about no one gets me. Everyone thinks I'm weird. Mm-hmm. And then she goes back to her dad, and her dad is just so loving to her. Accepts her for who she is. And I think as a dad with daughters that's the type of dad i want to be is wherever my daughters want to go they know that i'm going to be there to support them and be their champion no matter what they decide to do and later on when she kind of sacrifices herself for him he goes back he's willing to die in the snow to get to her and save her and protect her and the yeah the sacrifice he's willing to make for her and probably the reason why the most like i said is just how much he completely embraces her and accepts her who she is. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree, man. That's a, that's a really worthy pick to be on, uh, on your list. Have you seen the live-action version? I do, and I only saw it once, and I don't think he gave me a great impression. Not a bad impression, but I just immediately remember the, car- the cartoon. Yeah. yeah, it's so much better. Yeah, I, I know they, the live-action version touches on like what happened to Bell's mom, mom and right? stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, right. So I, I kind of like that aspect of it, but I think you're right. The I love the 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 animation design of of him in the animated film. He's just yeah. like like why wouldn't you love that guy? You know, like he's just <laughs> this like kind of happy go lucky. Yeah, fact he's so short and so fat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I mean, uh, it's kind of like I mean he's a. Aladdin came after, but it's like he and the Sultan are almost like the same <laughs> character, right. you know? Um, like when they took, they took Baloo and Little John, yeah. and it's like, you're the same thing. I never thought about that. It's true. Uh, but yeah, he's just kind of a kind of a lovable kind of guy, you know? Uh, so yeah, so that's a good pick, man. I, I like that. Like I said, and Beauty and the Beast, I love having it represented on, on this list because it's, you know, one of our favorites. So. Absolutely. All right, so my number three... Uh, is from another film from the uh, Renaissance era, but that is okay. uh, Mufasa from right. The Lion King. Um, and, uh, again, one who tragically dies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how long is he in the movie? I haven't, in my mind, I haven't seen it in a while. My mind is in it for a very short amount of time. Yeah, probably, probably, probably 30 minutes, maybe. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, but... I, what I really like about the character is that he comes back after ah, he's dead. Like, yes. I love the whole spiritual aspect uh, of that where he appears to Simba. Uh, and he, I mean, he essentially, um, you know, brings Simba back. You know what I mean? Like, Simba is mm-hmm. off living his life, Hakuna Matata, and no worries, and, and has forgotten about Pride Rock. And it's it's... Mufasa, it's the spirit of his dad that says, "Hey, you need to wake up, man. Like, yeah, this is this is your responsibility." And you know what Rafiki says is that you know Mufasa is in you. You know, you your dad is always going to be uh, a part of you. So I, I love that spiritual aspect of it. Um, but before he dies, there's some great scenes as well. I mean, uh, most of the beginning of the movie is him trying to teach Simba lessons. You know, uh, he says, you know, a good king is one that, you know, looks after his people and, and you know, a, a king can't just do whatever they want, you know. Uh, and so I, I really like he's he's very much a teacher uh, in in that movie. He's always trying to teach these little lessons because he knows that one day Simba is going to be the king and it's going to be up to him. And so I like that kind of um, kind of mentor teacher aspect of of Mufasa uh and of course James Earl Jones is great uh with the voice acting and uh one of the probably most memorable and tragic and heartbreaking and cry inducing moments in any Disney movie (laughs) is when Mufasa dies (laughs) exactly uh so I I think it's a character that has a uh, has had a pretty big impact on primarily our generation but uh i think just i think just disney in general i mean when you think about um mufasa as a character compared to some of these other dads there's like a 
like like I was saying, there's kind of an ethereal spiritual quality to him. Um, and like, you know, we've we've talked about Marvel before, but um, Black Panther, the movie Black Panther, took a lot of inspiration oh, yeah. from from the Lion King and kind of that kind of otherworldly otherworldly quality, you know. Uh, and yeah. so I, I kind of like that the Lion King kind of touches on that. And I mean, he's the one who gives the lesson to Simba about the circle of life and um, all of that. So, yeah, I just I, I love that he is not only being a parent and taking care of his son, but he's always, always trying to look for that like teachable moment, you know, where he's trying to pass on wisdom and knowledge to his son. So um, Mufasa, my number three. All right, I got a question for you about this. And you yes. can help me understand something. So Aladdin and Lion King come out pretty close to each other. And in each of them, the father has someone that they trust who they really should not trust. Okay. With yeah. Aladdin, it's so obvious how evil Jafar is. Yeah. But the sultan's under a spell. And that's why he keeps him around is because he uses the staff to like make him what is Mufasa's excuse for keeping Scar around? <laughs> well, I think it's got to be it's it's got to be family ties, right? I mean, it's but still, isn't he so obviously <laughs> a bad dude? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good you know that's a good question. Um, it's it's got to be that family connection though, where maybe he yeah. thinks there's hope or potential for Scar, you know, yeah. uh, and. Maybe maybe he's Scar has been that way for so long. He's like, oh, it's just Scar. You know, he's not going to really do anything about anything. You yeah, uh, I don't know, but uh, that's an interesting interesting question. Maybe it's a blind spot in Mufasa. You know? um, but uh, yeah, I just I love that character when he goes and protects Simba and Nala at uh, at the elephant graveyard. Is a great scene yeah, uh, as well. That's rad. Uh, so yeah, I just I think he's a very very well defined character and maybe he has a character flaw with his brother but yeah <laughs> but there you go we'll forgive it yeah so that's my number three mufasa all right now my number two this is something now i'm thinking about this is definitely recency bias he's high up on this list mainly just because it may have been the last soon i saw and it is barley from onward wow okay so for the first 90% of the word, I thought, this is good. Like, I'm not not liking it. Maybe the fact I got it for free on Disney Plus made me like it more <laughs> than I thought I would. Like, this is pretty cool. And the last 10 minutes of the movie just destroyed me, just made me cry and cry and cry. <laughs> it was, like, so emotional and, and impactful when you see how much he was there the whole time. Yeah. And... Maybe it's because I have so many brothers. Well, that yeah, that was really that was gonna be but, my question. Was I mean, yeah. that's that's got to be for someone with with I mean, especially the, how many brothers you do have. It's got to be yeah, yeah. something special, you know. Yeah, and, and you could see it coming. I kind of figured out a long time ago that he was the dad all along. Yeah. But in that moment, the, the, the music and the voice acting behind it, it was just one of those. If we redid our tearjerker episodes to yeah. me that would be like way way high on the list when he finally gets to see what a great dad barley was and then how he lets barley talk with the dad you know he doesn't the main kid doesn't get to talk with the dad barley does and it's kind of like he gets to 
have that moment with his dad. He gets to be the son for a minute, but then has to go back to being the dad to his little brother. And I think it's just so sweet. I, the movie's never going to be one of my favorite Disney movies, but that one relationship and that one moment, I think, is like really, really special. And so, number two is Barley. Wow, that's a, that's that's high on the list, man. <laughs> I think it's too high, but it maybe just because it was the last one I saw, <laughs> and it just it got me. It got me big time. Now, with that movie being on Disney Plus, has that been a movie that you've re- repeated and revisited so far, or is it just the one and done? No, it was one and done. Okay. And my kids have seen Frozen two so many times, <laughs> but they never want to watch Onward again. I'll probably have to watch it by myself after they're asleep. <laughs> That's probably how I'll get to see it again. Um, but yeah, I I really have a lot of emotion connected to that him and that relationship. Yeah, so. Wow, that that brother, the brother bond. That's yeah, that's, that's a, right. That's but, good... the, but the fact that he was like the father at the same time. Yes, yes. It's all, it's all good. I love it, man. Cool. Um, What's your it, number two? It's interesting. Before I get to my number, it's interesting that you mentioned that movie because, like, I'm I wonder too if if, if that uh, mom character, the mom, uh, Julia, uh, I think uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus voices her. Yeah. Um, if she would show up on people's mom's list at this point, I I would be curious to see. And I just don't know how, I don't know how many people have actually sat down and watched onward yet. Uh, it'd be, it'd be easier to gauge the viewership had we had box office information. I know you're right. We don't know. Um, so yeah, that's an interesting pick. I, I wonder if, if that movie will gain traction over the next few years. Um, I don't know. It just, yeah, it I, just... I have a soft spot for that director, the okay. same guy who made Monsters University. We've talked to another podcast, but I love Monsters University. <laughs> and I'm sure it's totally forgotten in the history of Pixar films, but I love it. And he did this one too. So I think he's uh, one of the more underrated of the Pixar directors. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. All right. So my number two, and you mentioned this character already in your honorable okay. mentions. Uh, and you said he's kind of weird. Is it Geppetto? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, he's just so old. That's yeah. He's just like an old. He should be a grandpa. Not a yeah. That's the only. That's the only offense I meant. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think I think his age maybe plays a part in that though. It, it, okay. The right. the movie just seems. I, I I don't think there's any indication of like if he ever had a wife. Or anything like I can't re- I can't remember, but um, I think his age plays into that because it, it just seems like he's wanted a kid for forever, and that's kind of what his workshop has been about, you know. Um, but this whole concept of I mean, you know, building a uh, building a son is kind of an interesting uh, concept, and then you know, that son wanting to become real. Um, Pinocchio, Pinocchio, I think, is a movie that you know we don't talk enough about. It, it, it's a really good movie, but um, again, this goes back to what I was saying about Marlin: is this idea of the lengths and the extent to which Geppetto is willing to uh, find his son, save his son. I mean, he yeah. ends up in the he ends up the belly of a whale, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and you know. It's just such a sweet and innocent um, relationship that he has with Pinocchio. It uh, it's just a loving, uh, 
relationship. He just he just purely and unconditionally loves Pinocchio, um, and I think that's kind of what we all want from our parents and to be as parents is, you know, no matter what your child has done or does, we're going to be there for them. I mean, Pinocchio gets turned into a donkey. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and Geppetto's willing to say, you know what, you messed up Pinocchio, but Hey, we'll get through it, you know? Uh, and so, you know, he saves him from Monstro the whale and they end up, uh, you know, back home and the blue fairy grants them their wish to make Pinocchio a real boy. And, and the, the end of that movie when they're dancing together is just so joyous. And I, I think that is kind of the message uh, of the movie is that like these family relationships, this father child dynamic, they should be joyful uh, and loving. Yeah. And I think Geppetto is just kind of the symbol of that. So uh, that he was, he was my number two. You know what? You convinced me. He, he deserves a spot on the list. He deserves it. Also, I, I appreciate how much he loved him even before he even turned alive. Yeah. When he was just a puppet. Yeah. He was like, loved him so much. And so just kind of like symbolically, he, no matter what Pinocchio, if Pinocchio would have just been a puppet, he would have loved him. So like as dads, no matter what our kids are, you love them anyways. Yeah. All right, man. So number one, here we go. All right, number one, we talked to him already. It's Mr. Fredrickson. Oh, oh wow! Awesome, man. Number one. number one. Yes, 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 yes. You said it brilliantly. I mean, I love everything you said about him. The the moment at the end when you know he's gonna stick around. That's the part to me that is like so special. That they didn't go on this crazy adventure, and he's gonna go back to his life, and he'll go back to his life. But he's going to be there. And it's the little stuff. Like, he attends the Boy Scout thing. Like, that's great. But then they just sit and have ice cream together. You know, like, the the simplicity of that says so much. That movie, everyone talks about how great the beginning is. And the beginning is one of the greatest things. Definitely the animation being, like, all of cinema. You know, that montage. Yeah. I think the ending does a really, really good job, too, of explaining where they're going. And their relationship now, just by them sitting and on the curb, you know, eating ice cream. I think that's <laughs> such a beautiful ending and shows how, I mean, he's got no connection to this kid before the movie started. He's not, like, related to him or anything like that. But but they totally found each other and are going to have this great father-son relationship. So I love everything you said. How much more I can add to it. So number one's Carl. I love it, man. That's that's uh, it's kind of a surprise that that he's number one for you, but I'm very happy he is. That's that's great. <laughs> um, and again, not again, kind of kind of how your Disney mom's list was kind of breaking. I mean, he's he's not even his yeah. grandfather. He's just a father figure. So, you know, yes. and and kids um, and kids need that. You know, kids need that. Uh, totally. So yeah, I, I love it, man. So so I'm, I'm, I have a question. Yes. Can you guess my number one? All right. I need a little. Give me like. A, is it animated? Animated. Yes. Is it from the Disney Renaissance? No. Before that? No. It's Whoa. it's Pixar. It's Pixar. Oh no! Wait. I was thinking how. I know you love Toy Story. Is it Woody <laughs> from Toy Story? No, I did. I did consider. <laughs> I did consider like. 
it was interesting because I was like, I want Toy Story on this list somewhere, but it yeah. could it, I was trying to think, could Andy be like a father to the toys? I don't know. Uh, or, is, or is Woody? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be. I got it. It's Mr. Incredible. Right? It is. Yes, it is. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Um, uh, Elastigirl, Mrs. Incredible was my number one for Disney moms. That's right. Yes. And I just. It was this. It was tough. Uh, I think any of these could have been number one, but uh, I, I think these other characters are kind of they're very movie dads, if you know what I mean. Like they're very kind of idealized versions of that of of what a dad is, and I, I think his uh, Bob Parr, uh, Mister Incredible, is very much a real dad. Like he's he's going yes. through kind of realistic things. Um, what it is to be a dad, what it is to be a husband. And, I mean, he's going through a midlife crisis in the first movie, trying to deal with this boring, boring job that he knows there's a bigger purpose for him uh, in his life, and he can't, he, his, he, his hands are tied, he can't do it. And, you know, he's, look, he's watching police scanners and listening in on all these things at night, and it's wearing on his wife and on his family, and... It's just these very real life situations put into this animated superhero world. I just find so fascinating. Um, and by the end of the first movie, he realizes how important, obviously, his family is and being together. Um, like he says, um, you know, he doesn't want to lose them again. He's not strong enough, you know. And it's, it's, you know, he is Mr. Incredible. He's as strong as you can be. And he realizes he's not strong enough to be without his family. And I, I just love his character arc in the first movie. And then I know Incredibles 2 doesn't get as much love as the first movie, but um, he, he goes through another really great character arc as well, where he essentially becomes the mom uh, of the yeah. family. You know, He's yeah. dealing with yeah. cooking and, and helping with homework and taking care of the baby and um, you know, he realizes how much work that actually is. And again, what it means uh, to be a dad. And, and I love there's, I love the scene where uh, he is trying to help um, dash with his math homework and he's and, and, and he's getting so frustrated. He says like math is math. Why are they trying to change math? All this stuff. Right. But so he gets frustrated, but then you know, Dash goes to bed or whatever, and, and he's kind of stays up. He reads through the math book. He tries to figure it out. And in the morning, he's figured it out, and he helps Dash. And I just, yeah. I just love that. Uh, and so um, he's, just a, he's a great character. And, and again, to me, it goes to the realism that's, that's in the film. The, uh, I think he is a very realistic version of a dad, what real dads go through, um, what a husband goes through, what a, you know, what, you know, he's, he's also trying to hold on to his friend in Frozone, right? Like so many, so many, uh, dads, you know, get so sucked up in their own thing. They maybe lose connection with their friends and that sort of thing. And, and he's, he's held on to Frozone, you know, uh, I, I think it's a very deep film and he's a very deep character and, um, you know, like I said, Mrs. Incredible was, was number one on my Disney moms list. And I think 
he deserves to be number one on on my Disney dads list. So, I like that. Uh, that's, that's great, Mr. Incredible. Great pick. <laughs> the part that always gets me, my kids watched it recently, is it's just a small little thing, but she made the the Mrs. Elastigirl made dinner, and he's in his office or his bedroom and doing something. And the wife says, "Time for dinner," and he says, "I'll be there in a minute." And she says, "Time for dinner," and she says, "I'll be there in a minute." And they get in a big fight. And it's like I've been there, man. Like all dads. Can appreciate like I know it's dinner time. I know you worked hard making dinner. Just give me a few minutes to do what I want to do. You know, and so you're right. It captures the the normalcy and the every struggles of being a dad so perfectly. That's a great, great pick. And and I love it because it is so real, like you're saying. Yeah. But then it's a superhero movie. And and, right. and he's he's you're Mr. Right. Incredible. You know, he's this symbol. You know, as well. So I just. Uh, I love kind of the the, the, the layers that are in uh, that are in the character and in the movie, you know. Uh, so yeah, man. So uh, uh, number one for Mark, Mr. Fredrickson from uh, Up, yep. and uh, Mr. Incredible for me, both from Pixar. Interesting. Both, both Pixar. Pixar. It's both telling. We at the end of the day, we chose humans. Yeah. I didn't choose uh, fish <laughs> as my favorite father figure. It's probably good on our part to choose. So he one's a superhero, but he's still a human. Yeah. So. So I had a question for you as we were yeah. as you were going through um, your list, trying to figure out who would be your top five. Everything did you did you come across a character that was just a awful, terrible, bad dad? It's a great question. Because um, I was gonna say Marvel is full of like bad dads. Oh yeah, huh? Thanos. <laughs> You're right. Oh, he's really bad. <laughs> he's terrible. Ego, who is uh, Star Lord's dad, terrible. <laughs> yeah, you got to. You're right. <laughs> so it was it was just funny. Like I was as I was going through, I was like, because because there were definitely some bad Disney moms, you know, that we talked about. You yes. Know? Um, so I was trying to think of some of these other, you know, dads that could be considered bad, but um, some of them are just absent. That's the that's probably the problem. True. Oh yeah. <laughs> Now, what do you think about Star Wars without going too deep into it? The options you have are Darth Vader and Han Solo. Mm -hmm. And those are the only dads in the whole Well, Palpatine now. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Well, did he even know that that was... Was his granddaughter? I forgot about that movie. Did we even... They introduce his son, right? Yes. What, does he kill him or something? I forgot. I totally forgot. So Ray is his granddaughter. Yeah, yeah. And so Ray's dad is his son, and yeah. one of the, the the bounty hunter guy that the bounty hunter guy that um, they are looking for uh, the knife. It was the it was the bounty hunter had the knife. He was the one who killed the dad. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Palpatine. Oh, that's I, right. That's right. That's right. Uh, I don't. Yeah, Palpatine being a grandpa is still uh, an issue for me. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So weird. Such a weird like thing to throw in there. But like Darth Vader can't. He's done too much bad, right? He redeems himself at the end, but he's done too much bad, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the message of that movie is that you can always, always redeem yourself and yeah. always make the good choice. Um, but I mean, to the, to the eyes of the galaxy, he'll always be Darth Vader, you know, to, to Luke and to Leia, to some extent, he might be Anakin. Um, but, but yeah, I think from a storytelling perspective, 
he redeemed himself and gained redemption, and that's why you see his Jedi spirit at the end of Return of the Jedi. That's right. Um, but I would imagine to most people in the galaxy, yeah, he's Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, he killed a lot of people. Yeah. He's responsible for a lot of blood on the main. Now, would Yoda be considered like a mentor or father figure? Uh, I would go... More I, on the I, mentor side? Yeah, I would tend to think just kind of the mentor kind of... Yeah. Well, and then you could... It's interesting because you could see Qui-Gon as a mentor or a father figure. True. You could see Obi-Wan as a father yeah. figure in some ways. Uh, and I think they kind of play that a little bit in the prequels. But um, they est- <clears throat> they established that like they were ultimately more like brothers, Anakin right. and Obi-Wan. Yes. Uh, wow. So, yeah, it's... And then, then you got Han Solo out there who... Turned into a deadbeat dad, so. I know he did. It's almost like to be considered a, a pseudo father. It's almost like you have to get him young, you know. Yeah. Like Yoda, Luke was too old by the time Yoda. Yeah. Got to him, but yeah. If we revisit this list next year, depending on how season two goes, Mandalorian might need to be on there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 He, little baby Yoda. He, he's, <laughs> he loves that baby Yoda. That's right. That's right. Oh, man, that's a good call. Well, you know, Father's Day comes every year, so, you know, we... <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if we come around to it next year. <laughs> we'll see, yep. All right, man, so um, any final thoughts on our top Disney dads? No, this was a good episode. I enjoyed this one. Cool, man. Uh, so I just want to say... Um, to you, Mark, and to all fathers out there, my dad... Uh, who doesn't really listen? <laughs> but happy Father's Day and uh, <laughs> have a good day and have have fun with your family. All right, thanks, man. All right, guys, thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Subscribe to Fifty Five Main, a Disney podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Uh, subscribe, download, listen, like, and share. Thanks uh, for listening, as always. Thanks, everybody.